Think about something that you've always wanted to accomplish and then ask yourself, what is holding you back from doing it? I feel like a lot of young people think about, man, I can't wait for the future. I'm going to do so much in the future. When I get 25, I'm going to do this and that. But I think something to recognize is, why wait? You can do it now. Today's guest is Marcus Davis, and in this interview, he'll share his early experiences in business and explain the importance of learning how to run so that you can separate yourself from the rest of the pack. Welcome to Crummer Connections podcast series. I'm your host, JB Adams. In this series, I'm talking with members of the Crummer community and inviting them to share their accomplishments, challenges, and best career and business advice. Today's show is brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Consistently ranked as the number one MBA in the state of Florida, the Crummer School offers a variety of educational programs to prepare you to become a global, innovative, responsible business leader. The Crummer Graduate School of Business, experience excellence. This season of Crummer Connections is focused on examining service as we meet with Rollins and Crummer alumni who are serving the Crummer community as well as the community at large. Today's guest is Marcus Davis, current MBA candidate at the Crummer School. He also serves as a student representative on the Rollins College Alumni Board, as well as Crummer's diversity, equity, and inclusion team. Our first segment is called Service is Personal, and it lets us understand our guests' personal motivations for leading and serving. Marcus Davis, welcome to the show. That was fantastic. It's awesome to be here, and I thank you for having me, honestly. All right, Marcus, we start right out of the gate uh, by asking you to share your philosophy of service and why is it important? What do you think? Wow, that's huge. I think service is one of the most important things anybody could take a part of in their communities because I think it's your way to contribute to the next generation of people. Um, I've always thought it was super important because if it wasn't for people dedicating their time to the next generation, I might not be where I am today. And I think because of that, it has allowed me to look at service in two different ways. First, servant leadership. I think it's super big to kind of dedicate yourself in order to see work happen and come to fruition. And second, I look at situational leadership. And I think we are often given some obstacles and challenges that we are forced to be resilient and flexible. Now, I want to go back to something that you just said that you've been the recipient. Can you tell us more about that? So. I'm trying to uncover where your philosophy comes from. Great question. I think that it comes from my mentors and family members that I had a long time ago. Um, I've always been told from my family to focus on having multiple plans and having strategies to kind of get to where you want to go. I think it's kind of cliche to say, but I feel like everyone has been told at one point, you can be whatever you want to be, but you have to put in the work. My mentors and my family have done just that, but also giving me tools to allow me to kind of put that practice through a process so that I can get to where I want to go. All right. So we're going to talk about the actual service that you are participating in right now. So you are on the Rollins Alumni Board as a student representative. Correct. So for the sake of our listeners, let's explain to them what that means. What is the purpose of the Rollins Alumni Board? What function does it serve? And how would you say that you're contributing to it? Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I mean, to start, I became a part of this alumni board because of the dedication to service that I had while I was in my undergrad. And a 
different things that I've participated in while I was an undergrad, including the Black Student Union, um, intramurals, sorority and fraternal life. Um, as a residential life and explorations has allowed me to kind of put myself out in a lot of different environments and communities that have really made a mark on the Rollins community. I think leadership isn't always about representing the people, but it's also about bringing change and bringing your people along. And I, that's kind of what the alumni board serves as. They work in the background to ensure that the Rollins experience is constantly a good experience for not only the students, but alumni in the process. So I've dedicated my time to working with them to help bring change and good change into the future for the next generation of students here at Rollins. And for anyone who's interested or intrigued about serving on the board, what would you say to somebody who wants to get involved and, you know, offer their participation in their services? Oh, that's awesome. I think that it's important to really step outside your comfort zone. I think this, this is a golden nugget that we'll talk about, but I had a mentor tell me he doesn't believe in luck, but he did believe in being prepared for your moment. Um, you never know when a moment will come to you, but you need to be prepared for that moment so that way you can get to where you're at. How does that matter to the question JB just asked me is, I didn't prepare to be a part of the Alumni Board Association, but I put myself in a lot of different environments that allowed me to gain experiences with a lot of different communities of people. I built a lot of relationships with a lot of different people. And because of that, what is valuable for especially the Alumni Board is for someone who knows a little bit about different communities and I was prepared and ready for my moment. So they approached me like, listen, you did very well in building relationships and being a part of a lot of different environments and situations. We would love to learn a little bit about that expertise that you've gained in some of these different roles. So that way we can ensure we are creating meaningful moments for the next generation of students. So I would say step outside of your comfort zone and be ready for your opportunity and just go after it. Like really enjoy your time and no matter what you do, you'll become a consultant in something that you are really passionate about. And that's what happened with me. All right. So you were approached and asked to serve. If somebody wants to contribute to the mission of the board, what do you think they should do? Okay. There's so many things that you can do just because you're not a part of a board doesn't mean that you can't make an equally as important impact on your community. And I think Rollins gives that opportunity extremely often to take part of your community and really help better it. That started with me as starting to facilitate immersions. I became an RA. I joined a couple of different organizations. That way I can start creating a platform and experience for the next generation of students to also come through to kind of replicate that same situation. Um, a specific example I have is some of the immersions I've been on. Um, I started with going on immersions to experiencing things. And then because I got so much from it, I wanted to start facilitating some of these immersions. So I became a student facilitator. I, I would say something that Rollins is very big on is our gateway and providing a lot of opportunities for students to get these meaningful experiences. So it's just going into some of these same environments and talking to some of the leaders around our school and, and like our administration to let them know about how your experience was, because at the end of the day, it does matter. And you sharing your experiences will allow them to help either replicate or change something to better the next generation of people behind you. So really doesn't start with having to be on the board. It just starts with you taking a step 
into trying to better your community. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, what would you say is the takeaway on service from Marcus Davis? If you do not care about the next generation, then you should not participate in service. But if you care about the next generation of people, then you have to plant seeds and watch them harvest. There's not always going to be opportunities that are just presented to you to kind of do things, but there will be a lot of opportunities for you to just make a difference in general. And these small differences will lead to making a big change in the future. And it just starts with you making a change within yourself to try to help better the rest of the community. All right. Thank you, Marcus Davis. Um, we're going to move on to our next segment, which is your business background. And this gives us a chance to better understand who you are and what your early business influences were. So let's start with just some short answers. Tell us where you were born and raised. So I was born and raised in Orlando, Florida. I went to school in Apopka at a small school called Wakaba High School. All right. Tell us what generation you identify with. Oof. Good question. I used to think I was a millennial for about 20 years, and I guess further science came out that I was a Gen Z or something like that. All right, great. Uh, what were your parents' occupations? Um, my father does human resources for Orange County government, and my mom, she's a psychologist, and she works with students and like kids of the younger generation. All right. And... As a young person, did you have career aspirations? And what did you believe that you could or would or should be? Good question. I think this is a little funny, but for a long time, I wanted to be a police officer. Um, it wasn't until a little bit longer down the lines, I fell in love with what business was um, in high school. It started with, I got my first car and I needed gas. Honestly, I was only getting $20 a week to fill up my tank and I had basketball practice every day and I had to find a way, honestly. So I began a candy business in high school. And from then on, I fell in love with business. I fell in love with the look of wanting to corner office for a long time. And so wait, I, I want to go back to what you just said there. You needed to put gas in your car. Yeah. And you figured out that you could make a profit, but was there a, like a specific moment where you said, aha, this is the answer? Yes, there was somebody who was also going to my school who was doing it for a little bit. And I think that he had bought himself a car, but he was doing it for so many years and instead I was contributing to his business and his car for so long, I wanted to contribute to my own car. And I said, I want part of this. So I started going to Sam's Club and Costco and getting snacks in bulk to kind of do it, do it and do it better. And that way I could ensure my gas was always, always, always full. And I made a goal and commitment to myself that let's do this. And I, I wanted to kind of pursue that after that. And I thought it was awesome. Do you remember what your profit margin was? Oh, my profit margin, it was impeccable. Um, Let's see, I put it like this. I would, I would go to Costco or Sam's and I'll spend $30, $40 on chips, candy, and drinks. I think that's what separated, that, that was my uh, differentiation. I also sold cold drinks and I'll bring it to school Oh, in Airheads and I sold them each for a dollar. The brisk came in a 30 pack, a 36 pack 
and so each of them was a dollar. Uh, the I would buy the candy on sale, probably about 13, 14 bucks for 25 to 30 pieces as well. And honey buns was my best profit because they were $4 for 16. And I, I think that I was out, my profit was very good. And matter of fact, I wasn't even a seller of candy. I was a distributor. So right. I had a couple of people selling the candy and I made, I made a good, good amount of money from that. So where, where were they selling them? Just out of curiosity. Um, during school at basketball and football games. And it, it was awesome. It, it made a lot of sense for me. And I was able to help my gas tank and a couple friends outside of that. All right. So very entrepreneurial at a young age and uh, filling up your gas tank. What would you say is the takeaway to some young person who's listening and is trying to figure out how do I fill up my gas tank? I feel like a lot of young people think about, man, I can't wait for the future. I'm going to do so much in the future. When I get 25, I'm going to do this and that. But I think something to recognize is why wait? You can do it now. Um, I think that it just takes you taking a step and really wanting to do better for yourself because I think there's no better time to do something than now. Don't worry about what's going on or what you're going to do in the future because everything you do now is going to help contribute to the success of your future. And everyone has plans of doing something and has a vision of what they're going to be in 10 years from now. But everyone wants to be successful, but no one wants to do the work to become successful. And that starts at an early age. So I would say just take a step and take chances while, while you have the time and you, you never know, like something good could come out of it. You'll get something good out of it or you'll get a good learning experience out of it that you'll be able to apply in the future. So just take a step. There's no better time than now. Excellent. Our guest is Marcus Davis, and we'll be back in a moment to learn more about his professional journey. Please stay with us. As a member of the Crummer community, you know that it's the people you meet at Crummer who make the greatest difference in your career. So I want to tell you about Rollins Connect. It's a networking platform that will help you stay connected to over 40,000 Rollins alumni worldwide. And it's available right now. Please go to rollinsconnect.rollins.edu, check it out. And if you need someone to connect to, connect to me, JB Adams. That's Rollins Connect, your connection to the Crummer community. Welcome back to Crummer Connections. I'm JB Adams, and our guest is Marcus Davis, current MBA candidate at the Crummer Graduate School of Business. He also serves as a student representative on the Rollins College Alumni Board, as well as Crummer's diversity, equity, and inclusion team. Before the break, we were chatting about your early business influences, and now we're going to learn more about your professional and career journey. So I want to actually go back to where we were in the previous segment. You had some... Uh, potential when you were in high school where you were moving into being an athlete. Is that right? Yeah, actually, I feel like all my life I was big in sports and that was something that really propelled me and allowed me to stand out and get to where I was as well. Um, I was a captain of the basketball and volleyball team. We were state runner-ups and I did have schools looking at me and I had a mentor and his name was James Gore. When I was in middle school, he was my avid teacher, which stood for advanced via individual determination. And in this class, we really focused on taking the next step into differentiating what you wanted your life to be. He also played sports in college, and he said, you can lose your athletic ability, but you can never lose your knowledge. So that was something that always stuck with me. 
and I wanted to take that with me throughout all of my experience in school. So in middle school and high school, my GPA never dropped under 3.7 and my weighted GPA is what allowed me to get an academic scholarship here at Rollins and other institutions as well. And I made a decision probably in junior or senior year in high school that although I was good at basketball, that just wasn't what I wanted to do. I, I was pretty big on business at that point, And I knew that I wanted to take my career in the direction of gaining more knowledge. And I knew that going to college would allow me to do that. And if I had to choose between gaining knowledge or playing sports, I chose to get more knowledge because I could have played sports in college, but I would not have had as much time to focus on business is what I wanted to do. So I made a decision at an early age that knowledge is kind of the direction I wanted to go. So in this class, we learned how to be more organized, how to study more, and we had greater and larger expectations. If you want to focus on sports, if you want to focus on college, this allowed me to do both because I wanted to take the extra step to do two things simultaneously. I wanted to focus on my athletic career at the time. I wanted to focus on gaining more knowledge so that way I could have a plan B that was supplemental and equally as good as my plan A. And I would not have gained that without the help of Mr. Gore, who had allowed me to gain a lot of kind of skills professionally and individually. Okay, so tell us, what was the biggest thing you learned from Mr. Gore? The biggest thing I learned from Mr. Gore is to have a plan B. Um, in his time, he was in college. He really worked hard and he had the opportunity to go to the professional league. And months before that, he ended up blowing out his knee. And if it wasn't for his academic knowledge, they might've dropped his scholarship. So for a long time, he really preached have a plan B that will still allow you to do very well. And because of that, I was able to think about and work towards not only my athletic career, but also growing my knowledge because he would always say, you can blow out your knee, but you can never lose your knowledge. So really work towards growing your knowledge so that way you can still separate yourself in the future. Excellent. I, there's one thing I want to understand a little bit more. We're, we're going to indulge in a little, um, a little scenario. Okay. If I was the devil on your shoulder and I said, look, Marcus, you get all this attention, you get all this praise, people want to be around you, you're the big basketball player, uh, that allure wasn't strong for you? I think that I had it, you know? I, I feel like in high school, I had the best of both worlds and I was a varsity basketball player. I was the captain of the team. I led. I helped lead us to the state championships where we were runner-ups, unfortunately. But I also had a 4.5 GPA. I was participating in dual enrollment in AP classes. And although the attention is cool, I think valuable and meaningful relationships matter more to me. And everybody that surrounded me supported what I wanted to do. And don't get me wrong, like I still love being around the sports world and engaging with people in sports and some of that stuff. But at the end of the day, I enjoy the business that goes into sports as well. So I would choose that any day over continuing a sports career. I think I was being realistic with myself. I'm six foot. In order to get to there, I had to do a lot of a lot of work and 
I wasn't I just put it in perspective. I wasn't getting recruited by Duke, but weight okay. weighing against what kind of like my odds and what I what I thought I could accomplish. I believe that I can get further with my mind instead of like using my body. So well, this was the realistic path. It was a realistic. And I think that also it was just my dream as well. Like when if I wanted to play in the league, my goal was to own a team, not be a franchise player. Then I figured if I owned a team, I could put myself on the team. I don't got to worry about the rest. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you have no, uh, this is just an observation. You have no sentimentality for your glory days. I think I, I definitely do. Like I, I learned a lot from them. I have fun. Don't get me wrong. But I think that it's about my long-term goals. I, I chose school not because it's not my glory days. I chose school because I prefer to have fun later and do the work now instead of have fun now and not have anything to do later. So <laughs> that's kind of just like where this all came from. And I feel like if I put in the work, I make good money, I build great connections, then in the future I can travel the world, build great relationships and still participate in some of kind of like activities that I wasn't able to do then. So your glory days are still ahead of you. My glory days haven't even reached me. All right, thank you, Marcus. Uh, we are gonna move on to our next segment, which is best business advice. This gives us an opportunity to learn what advice you would give to professionals, young or old, to help them succeed in business and in the workplace. And I want to acknowledge that unlike most of our guests, you are a current MBA student. So when we talk about best business advice, I know that you do have a long list of experiences uh, that have led up to this point in your life. So I'm gonna let you take this question wherever you wanna take it, and you get to decide what it is that you want to say about advice. I was, like, I was going to say, I feel like I have advice, but then I also have advice for going into your career. Um, I think for your career specifically, um, don't be afraid to ask questions. I think for I, I know I am unique at being a part of this podcast because usually it's professionals. We come here to do a job, and our job is to get that MBA so it can separate us in the future. So we go places and we're, we don't feel like we want to ask questions because yes, we have an MBA, but we don't have all the answers. And that's something that should be recognized. So being able to ask those questions will help clear up a lot of things. Go ahead. Wait, I have a question. Um, why are people afraid to ask questions? I think a lot of people are afraid to ask questions because they're afraid to be judged for the question that may come out. Um, I think, as an MBA student or as somebody who is educated or in a position, you're expected to know every single thing about and around a situation or issue. And whenever someone asks you to do something, you put the pressure on yourself to know everything. And a lot of those issues and problems can be mitigated if you just ask more questions and get further clarification. And are you saying that there's a perception that people who ask questions are revealing their lack of knowledge and it's perceived as a weakness. Exactly. I think that is a huge myth that a lot of people kind of like live after. Like you think if you don't know the answer to a question or answer to a solution that you are less value to kind of people you're working around. And I think that is an inaccurate way to look at things. I think that asking questions actually say more about who you are and adds to your value. So don't be afraid to ask questions because they truly matter. Well, I would just like to say that I take your advice personally. 
And here's why. My whole job is asking questions. So uh, I, I agree with you completely that asking questions is a skill. And so um, learn how to not be afraid of it. You had another bit of advice that you wanted to share with us. Yeah, I would say in whatever role you are going to be in, I would say certainly learn how to manage up. A lot of people, I feel like we are lifelong learners. And that's something that we learn here at Cromer and Rollins in general and in a lot of liberal arts schools. But it's important for a lot of our generation to gain a skill of managing up because you never know how like you, you just never know the perception that you're putting out. So I think the next I, I want you to tell us like what does manage up mean? Some folks exactly. not know what that means. Okay. Let's see if I can give an example. So if your supervisor tells you to do something and you have to ask them every step of how to do something, I think that sometimes that could lead to that same perception that we were talking about that you don't know what you're doing. But if your supervisor asks you to do something and instead of asking them questions about how to do exactly what they're looking for, how about you look into what the next steps are? Um, you, there might be a few different alternatives. You unpack and show each of those possibilities and then you present that to your supervisor like okay you asked me to do this now i put in three alternatives for you to choose from and you present that to your supervisor that sets you apart from a lot of other kind of applicants or people in a job because it shows that you are looking and willing to do the work and that you're intellectually capable and curious to kind of make decisions for yourself and now all you have to do is choose from a supervisor's point of view. And that's something that I had to learn in some of my internship experiences that I think could be useful for anybody looking or being any role. Okay. Excellent advice for any one of us as a professional. Marcus, we're about to wrap up our time together. What message would you like to share with the Crummer community today? I think I would share to the Crummer community I know I just gave some advice, but I would like to give some more advice. I think I learned from a mentor when I first got into Crummer and first got my job as a hall director, learn how to run and then run faster. This was advice that was given to me kind of near the conclusion of my undergrad. So it was extremely applicable to me. So when you're introduced to a new role, environment or setting, you must be able to adapt and evolve. Remember that you come with a unique perspective. Utilize that unique perspective to essentially help you thrive in that environment that you learn to only survive in when you first begin. So what I mean by this, you learn how to run and you catch up to everybody else that's doing the role, but then you use your unique perspective and experiences to set you apart from the rest and run faster. Marcus Davis, thank you for joining us on the Crummer Connections and sharing your story. It's a great pleasure. Of course. And I just want to thank Crummer again for allowing me to be a part of this awesome experience with JB and Kyle. So thank you. Today's show is brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Now is a great time to consider enhancing your career success by pursuing an advanced degree in business. And the Crummer School offers a variety of educational programs to help you become a global, innovative, responsible business leader. To learn more about the programs and begin the application process, go to crummer.rollins.edu. The Crummer Graduate School of Business, experience excellence. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon with another episode. Crummer Connections podcast series is a production of Victor Media Group. If you like this show, 
follow us on your favorite social media platform. Today's show was created and hosted by J.B. Adams and executive produced by Gerard Mitchell. Our showrunner is Kyle Sawyer, with production assistance by Rachel O'Brien and audio design by Aaron Trinka. Our gratitude goes out to Mike Brown and Loveland Finley in Alumni Relations for their gracious help and support. Until next time, Fiat Lux.